You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Bowtech Archery prides themselves on offering a bow for everyone. Whether you have a short draw length, a long draw length, pull 70 pounds or 40 pounds, you're a bow hunter or a target archer, they offer a bow that can be customized to fit your body type. On top of that, their deadlock technology allows you to fine-tune your arrow flight. Visit BowTechArchery.com and check out the SR350 and the CP28. Bowtech Archery, refuse to follow. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. The Houseman XP Podcast Network is taking you on the journey. Your host, Master Trainer Heath Hyatt, will combine his decades of experience as a houndsman and as a professional trainer that will light the path forward and make our packs lighter on this lifelong journey to become better hunters and houndsmen. There are no shortcuts, so lace up those boots and grab a dog leash. The journey begins now. Hey guys, the journey on Houndsman XP is teamed up with Go Wild. Go Wild is a social media platform that was made for hunters by hunters. If you guys and gals have listened to any of the other podcasts that I've been on, you know what a huge outdoor enthusiast I am. I love being in the woods with my hounds. There's nothing more exciting than hearing the thunder of a spring gobbler. I love fishing for trout in the brooks and the streams, and I love being on the river chasing that ever-elusive fish of a thousand cast, the muskie. Go Wild is the place that I can post my trophies, hunts, and memories without being censored. But Go Wild is so much more than that. It's a place to share your stories, sharpen your skills, hone your tactics, get gear reviews, and shop for anything outdoors. When you make a purchase from the Go Wild store, everything is free shipping. Anything that you purchase anywhere in the country, no matter how big, free shipping. So go down to the show notes, click on the Go Wild link at the bottom, and get signed up today. And let's go wild. Today on The Journey, we are gearing up for bear season. I know that you guys up north... uh, Vermont started back in June and Maine started a week or so ago. Uh, my good friends in New York, they started July the 1st, and that's where I'm at today. I am in the Catskills, and we are going to dive in and start talking about our dogs. We're going to talk about training season, some expectations, where we're at with our dogs. 
um, what what we expect by the end of the year, and just kind of open up bear season for the guys on the East Coast uh, with a with a sit down and and talk about talk about dogs. Um, but I am up in the Catskills with a really good friend of mine, a close friend of mine. We have been hunting for probably the majority of twenty years, somewhere in that area. 90s. Yeah, in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's been a long time. We have made trips to Maine, um, up and down the East Coast. You have we haven't been to Canada together, have no. we? No, no. So yeah, I mean we we have done a, we put a lot of footwork in. Um, and anyway, I, I enjoy coming up and. Like I said, he's a good friend of mine, but I'm up here with Bob Melville. Bob, I know how you're doing today because I've been with you all day, but, <laughs> but how's things in the great state? It's awesome. It's living in a wonderful place with a great opportunity to train young dogs and get them up and rolling. Unfortunately, New York doesn't have a hunting season, so we have to go either to Maine or Virginia. Um, I'm starting fresh this year with a new bloodline of black and tans. Oh, Lord. Here we go. Well, it's very <laughs> gracious. A good friend of mine, Chris Dazaro, hooked me up with some nice dogs, and uh, we, I got big hopes. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we've got to hunt. We've hunted two days, and we'll just kind of give you a, a, a rundown of what's happened the last two days. Um, not today, but yesterday, uh, we were walking into this patch of woods. A dog struck on the lead, and we made the uneducated decision just to turn them loose. And, <laughs> and anyway, they ended up coming up, um, they almost made a mile, it was about a mile, uh, race, went up the mountain and it turned and went out the mountain, went back, uh, north and ended up treeing in a, in a rocky hollow. His little, it looked like a little old sow bear. Yes. Wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't the big bear that Bob had been hanging on a limb. That's for sure. I think he saves those runners for me. When I come up, just so I, he can stretch him, walk her dogs out, yeah. I think he enjoys that. Yeah. But anyway, we treated one yesterday morning. Um, wasn't too bad at all. And then today, uh, we decided that we were going to try to push past those tracks if we come to them. Um, we knew that there was a couple big bear in this one flat. And we passed up two tracks that was red hot <laughs> i mean we had the dogs on the lead holding them and they were all, literally almost pulling us down and again we made another uneducated decision and we went down and turned a couple of old dogs loose and they they started going out the back of the the flat and we ended up you know feeding the other dogs in and lo and behold about 10 minutes later uh, the two guys that was with us um sean and jeremy they're like, oh, yeah, it's a little bear. It's a little bear. It's an 80-pound bear. And, of course, those, you know, they've got Nikes on, and it literally strung the dogs out over, over a period of time, and we ended up picking dogs up in a couple different places. So that was today, and, you know, that's a part of bear season. You know, my dogs are not in shape as I would wish I had them. Um, at home, it's been up in the upper, in the mid, uh, low to mid-90s, um, we can't have a dog off lead or it's considered hunting. So us roading dogs is, um, it's kind of tricky. You're just not supposed to do it. Um, I don't have an extra treadmill to run my dogs or a dog walker, which would be my preferred method. So the dog, my dogs are, they look good, but they're, they're out of shape. Um, so yeah, I mean, we expect that and 
we at home, like our season comes in uh, Monday, actually. This will pro- y'all probably be hearing this a little later than our season starts, but our season comes in Monday, and it usually takes me about two weeks. Um, time I get the dogs honed in and, and get them in shape and get the quirks out of them, because, you know, I want to say they've been laid up a year, and, you know, guys in Virginia, you know that we only have two months of training, and then we have the month of December for the, you know, for our, our hunting season where we can actually take them. So it, it's hard. It's hard on us as bear hunters to keep dogs in shape. It's hard financially to to keep dogs around, <laughs> you know, for that long. You're, you're basically keeping them around nine months a year so you can hunt two months a year or three months a year. So that's difficult. But, yeah, my dogs aren't in shape. Um, they gassed out pretty quick. And it is what it is. It's a part of hunting. But... Bob's running some, he's got an older black and tan. It's a track down. Track down. Last of the, supposedly last of the tr- full track down blood. Yeah. And he's a, he's a one dog bear pack. And, yeah. And I had nothing to do with making that dog. Mm-hmm. I was just, a friend of mine was just generous, Chris, to, to give him on a permanent loan, so to speak. And uh, he's getting fitter every day. Yeah. He's running all them youngins. But to go back to what you said before about it being basically run out, disappointing as sometimes i think that is but for young dogs i think it's it actually gives them a a a good education because now they gotta they gotta do other things they gotta really stick with the older dogs try to figure out what's going on sometimes they do sometimes they don't they get out of their comfort zone and i think it it helps build them mentally and i also for sure makes them more fit yeah yeah and, you know, we, I referenced um, Jeff Shetler's podcast that we had on here a month or so ago. You know, it's okay for dogs to fail. And, I mean, I don't know if we look at it as failure when the dogs get run out. I mean, it's because they're out of shape. It's not because they can't catch the bear. Um, but that's a part That's a part of it. That's a part of the learning process for them. And the more shape they get in, the harder they push, the longer they go. So that is a, that is a section of failure. Um, the dogs don't catch every time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just it just doesn't happen. Anybody in the in the hound world hunting any type of game knows that that's that's just a part of it. But yeah, get the get the young dogs going. Um, so Bob, tell us a little bit about what you know. I know you got you know you got him, which is a track down, and then you have three more three more. I have a well, I have two track down dogs, and I have two. Ken Duncan dogs that are, but they're not quite a year old yet. Mm-hmm. So they're, you know, they're just starting to go to the woods. But, you know, I have, you know, like everybody else, I have high hopes for them. They seem like they got the tools, but, you know, we'll see when they get older. You know, this country is pretty rugged. On It's pretty steep and nasty. And generally when people come to run with me, they don't <laughs> usually come back twice. <laughs> so it takes a little bit different dog. Not that, you know, I'm not saying they're going to be all supermen, but it, it, it's a little bit harder for dogs to get going in here, I think, than, than say, regular country, easy country. You know, from, from here, from my house to here, um, your country's a lot of the same. The difference is the rocks. Mm-hmm. The, what do you call it, the shale? It's, it's basically bluestone. Bluestone is shale, rough. and it's hard on their feet. Yeah, I mean, I, I had dog tear toenail almost off yesterday on that short run. Um, I noticed today that one of my dogs is a little, I, I checked his pads actually, um, because mm-hmm. I thought he, he may cut a pad because these rocks are brutal on a dog. <clears throat> so 
Yeah, it, it is different. The, the terrain's a lot alike with the mountains, but the the actual environment inside that is different. Um, and our laurel's much, it's, it's not as high as yours, mm-hmm. but it's much denser. Yeah. So it's harder to get through it mm-hmm. for, you know, you like to walk through it, it's almost it's so miserable. You're upside down more than you're right side <laughs> up. Yeah. So you got the, the two Duncan and what's the, the third, the Moses, what's he? He's, he's a, He's a half Duncan, half Batman, ugly stick cross, I believe. Okay, yeah. The mother was ugly stick, but the father's full track down. Gotcha. Yeah, so what made you decide? I know, like, for years you hunted walker dogs. You and I had traded Mm -hmm. dogs and switched dogs back and forth and hunted dogs for each other. What kind of made you flip over to to the black? Well, because I don't see them old what we're used to back when I first met you, mm. those old, what I call big game type dogs, you know, like Cannon and Ring and Sam and, you know, Smokey and all those type of dogs. And they were just get down like meat and potato, hardworking dogs. And, you, you know, it's been a long time and I know breeding has gone in different directions mm-hmm. and I just don't seem to see that kind of blood. And that's the kind of dog I want back and doesn't really to me it's not so much that it's a black and tan or a walker uh-huh. I want I want that old you know Clyde and Bell and Ring Frosty type of dog in my kennel because I they catch bears in ugly country mm-hmm. you know and I just you know like I stepped out of the, the hound business for a little while my business mm-hmm. got took off and you know I was doing a little bit more retriever training um, but now that I'm semi-retired I wanted to get back to my true love as the hounds right and let's talk, I mean, I, I, there's, you hit on two topics I want to talk about. I want to talk about our conversation yesterday with the comparison of the dogs of today as of 20 years ago. And then you know, tell everybody just a little bit about your retrieving experience. Um, I know you competed. I know that that was something really, when I first met you, you had the Chesapeake Bays. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that you've been in for a long time. That's a world um, that you that you know a lot about. Just tell, tell listeners a little bit about that side of you i mean i know because you and i are close tell tell us tell them well i started with my first chesapeake at like 1979 and obviously i didn't know nothing and the dog that i got was worse than that and that breed's a very difficult breed as far as retriever training but it was a heaven sent because they taught me to understand dogs much better like labradors are much on average are much easier to train Mm -hmm. so you don't have to dig in a bag. Of, you don't have to have that mental intellect where you have to figure out what, how to get around certain problems. Mm-hmm. So even though it'll, I took a lot of heat from my retriever buddies that why are you messing with an old mule when you can have a horse? Mm-hmm. But I think it made me a better dog trainer in general. And as the time went on, I learned that I learned so much more about mental de- development and training and how dogs think far more than hounds mm-hmm. because hounds are once you cut them loose it's up to them <laughs> you know you do your basic training come here go you know load up at house but once you unsnap them dogs you know they're it's mm-hmm. it's the adventure of it but retrievers it's a constant training in, interact with you and your handler and dog and it's very fulfilling it, um you know, it's it's very enjoyable. It can be frustrating, especially when you start coming up the ranks if you're an amateur. Mm-hmm. It can, but it's nothing more rewarding either. So you, you've been full, and 
you've only you've got one retriever here now. Or he just passed away. Yeah. He yeah. Was a dog, a so dog. you've been doing that for fifty years. Yeah. I mean, you've been in the bird dog world, the yep. retriever world. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So you said something yesterday when we were coming off the mountain. And I want you to to repeat that because I mean it was a shock. It was it was an eye opener for me. And the guys listening to this podcast and girls, you know that um I, I talk to different breeds because of the, the law enforcement side. We do use a lot of retrievers because of the drives um and the hunt. You know, we use the the German short hair pointer. We use a lot of these breeds that Bob has dealt with. But you had a trainer tell you something about the fifteen minute rule. Where he told you that he could spend fifteen minutes because oh, he's yeah. got. I want you to tell. I want you to tell our listeners what you told me about that because I thought that was so interesting and it made it resonated to me and made so much sense about just the way we do things. Okay, so when I was in the uh, coming up the ranks, I was doing the hunt test in the beginning. So you go from junior level to senior level to master level. Well, when you enter the master level. It's a whole, it's like going to college from kindergarten. That's mm-hmm. the difference between the training, you know, the, the abilities of these dogs and what you have to teach. And even though I treated training dogs like a job, Monday was their day off. I worked them dogs every single day on different things, different days. And then I would go to a master test and watch, a, there was a couple pros that I became friends with and I picked their brains and watched how they handled their dogs and not just when the dogs ran, how they, how they interact with their dogs from the truck to the line. And the line is where you, you start your trial from with the judges. And I used to get frustrated, and I said to him one day, I said, you know, whatever. I really forget the exact reason why I was talking to him. And he said, I can spend 15 minutes a day with a dog because I have 20 in my truck. And I can teach my dog much more than you can spending a half a day. Because I teach the right things, and you teach a lot of bad habits. The only advantage you have over the, the, the um, novice has over the pro is the fact that the dog lives with you, and you're his, you're his master. Mm-hmm. And that's a great advantage. But there, and it shows, they go out there and them dogs just one, two, three, bam, one right after another. So I had a lot of, you know, I gained a lot of respect for him after that because then I understand that I have a lot more to learn. Yeah, but he told you that, you know, you your time invested. He spends 15 minutes a day per dog where you spend 24 hours a day with your dog. Mm-hmm. With, with, we're, we're talking about singles and doubles and not a lot of dogs. So you spend 24 hours a day, and he said, even though you're going to make more mistakes, he said one of these days – you and I will be competing oh, against yeah. each other because of the time you spend. And I did. Yes. It, I took a lot of lumps and it took a lot of years. But, <laughs> and I'm not saying I'll ever was up to, I was never could stand shoulder to shoulder with him. Mm-hmm. But, no, but I was, and he, you know, they, they, they'll let you know too. They'll look at you, give you a wink, say, mm-hmm. kid, you know, you're doing all right. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was very interesting that, you know, and I, I kind of reference that 15 minutes a lot with, with the pups. Then we talk about pup training. It's been in, you know, 15 minutes a day doing the right things at the right part in their development, like you move them along so fast, just bam, bam, bam. And not letting them get away with bad yep. habits. That's the that's yep. the worst. And you don't yep. know you're doing it. Right. Yeah. So I thought that was very interesting. We, we come off the mountain yesterday. We were talking about that. And, you know, that definitely shines a light on 
us because we have our dogs with us. I mean, a lot of the the listeners, I mean, they keep their dogs in the house with them or, you know, they take them, they take them everywhere they go. I mean, I know Lauren, you know, her dogs are her life. You know, that's, they're with her all the time. So, you know, it may take us a little longer to get there, but we will get there. And, and that's mo- kind of what he was saying. And most of, most of the successful people, even amateurs, they live that life. That dogs are their <clears throat> second marriage. Yep. And, and they're, you know, and this is good. This is not to get sidetracked, but um, it all starts even with nutrition, the fitness, mm-hmm. everything. For even retrievers, I don't care what it is. It's, yeah. it, to me, there's, I've, I ruined one of my best retrievers because I didn't have the knowledge on the proper nutrition. Mm-hmm. And it caused him to have, it's going to be a long story, I won't go into it, but he ended up, as a result, with side effects having seizures. And they were here and there, but enough where you couldn't put him in the water anymore. Mm-hmm. And it was a shame because he was probably the one of the one of my all time best. Right. You know. But Right. Yeah. I mean we talk about nutrition. Um you and I have talked about it a lot yeah. over the years and some of the stuff that we've done, the the additives and this and that. We're constantly trying to add fuel to our dogs, um, supplements. Um we've kind of mellowed it out now. Um, but I remember way back when, you know, and you still do it, you know, feeding them um, bone marrow and tripe, and, yeah, liver, yeah, and we, hearts, yeah, yeah, we still, you know, still off and on we do that. And like I said, you and I had spent a lot of time doing that through the years um, to make them better. So, plus in my in my day job, so to speak, I shoe, you know, show jumpers and dressage horses, and up the upper echelons of these, you know, horses that compete pretty heavy. I've always noticed in the barn that they are looking for every single advantage to why they can make their horses last a little bit strong, stay a little bit stronger in that show and this, and this jump off or whatever. And it's still, it's not, it's not big things. It's very small things. And then, you know, what wins a Grand Prix? Fractions of seconds, fractions of inches. And that is all about being fit, healthy, and the right nutrition, and like a lot of my bird dog, like the pointer setter friends of mine, when we get on, and as soon as we get on the, the word food, dog food comes up, they all run away. Oh, no, don't get them going. <laughs> but I can't stress enough that that is so important, especially in the heat. You know, dogs dogs come, you know, will succumb to the you know heat stroke and all that mm-hmm. stuff, much more susceptible if they're not rock hard. Yeah. And it's not even just being exercise fit, but not you know, trying to get rid of, you know, fat because you've been feeding $5 dog food mm-hmm. for six months. And then all of a sudden, here's a month away from hunting season. Maybe we should start changing our diet. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big mistake, personally. I think yeah. you, should, you should be consistent. I, I agree 100%. And, of course, we won't say what we're feeding now. No. But, but we, yeah, we've been, we feed it all the year long. We don't change. We feed it, you know, it's, it's very high pro, very high fat. And my and I feed less of it in the off mm-hmm. season, um, but we feed it we feed it continuously. And in in the long run, it ends up being cheaper. Yes, yes. You know, than me going and buying the the twenty two dollar bag of dog food versus buying a thirty five dollars mm-hmm. or however whatever right, it right. is, whatever you can afford. You yeah. know, obviously, but yeah, yeah. And you know, we're both in a position in life where we can do a little better for the dogs too. Yeah. So. Yeah, so that, I thought that was interesting. So let's let's talk about it. You know, I'll kind of give the guys um, and girls a listen about what. So most of you know what I'm hunting. Um, I'm down to I got six dogs. 
that I'm carrying with me. Um, I got my male dog, Spook, who's three. And I've got a little female named Kate, who's three. And I've got two, I call them pups, but in my mind, they're juveniles. I've got two dogs that are, they're 17 months old and they're out of Spook. Um, carrying, I got a male and a female I'm carrying. And then I have a 20 month old dog named Trip, who's also a Kemp dog. So Spook and Kate are both Kemp dogs, and then Trip's a Kemp dog. And then um, our buddy up in New York, Darvey Spore, had sent two pups down to me. Um, after the first of the year, we switched out dog, hunted some dogs for him. And so I have got a male and a female, but I'm the female's at home. I've got the male with me. Um, he is right. He just turned a year old. Um, I have had him out and coon hunted him some. I've got him running and treeing on on small game. So this is his first outing with bear. And um, he let's see how's he bred. He goes back to some. He goes back to some Van Johnson bred dogs. Um, he goes back to the Rock dog of Vans. His daddy was out of Rock. And then on the mama side, he's a topper bred female. So he goes back to Andy Jensen's um, topper line. So that's kind of how he's that's kind of how he's bred. Uh, he's a big white dog, got a good mouth on him. He's put up pretty good. Yes, he is. He's got some running gear. Yeah, he's, yeah he, he should be able to carry the mail. We'll see. Jury's still out on that. So that's kind of what I'm hunting. Um, Spook and Kate are kind of my main dogs. Um, y'all heard me talk about them. The downfall that I have to them is they're very tight on the track. Um, that doesn't mean that they can't smell an older track. They just don't open on the older tracks, but both days they've opened up, kept going in the woods, um, doing, you know, of course all the dogs did, but they opened up just spam immediately. But on a hot track, that's, that's what they do. And I expect that. And then trip, which is the 20 month old Kemp dog. Um, you know, I'm kind of still up in the air with him. He runs good. He runs hard. He's super fast. He's a really nice tree dog. Um, he's way more tree dog than the other two were at his age. And, um, yeah, I mean, his downfall is the, if you get on a mean bear, and when I say mean, I don't mean a walking bear. I mean a, b- a bear that's turning, running dogs, b- b- bluff, blowing at them, bluffing at them. Um, he hasn't been staying, and that's only that's happened three times last year. So I want to see how he develops um and like bart and i had talked on the podcast a couple weeks ago you know did something happen to him in that developmental stage that has that has kind of triggered that fear because that's kind of what it is so i don't know but that's i'm watching for it um the other two dogs houdini and hart um yeah i mean they're i mean they're doing everything a 17 month old should be doing they're running they're trending um they're out of shape uh right now so that that's a big issue but uh they seem to have plenty of game in them they they open really good on on the track which is what what i want uh so yep you know we'll tell with this year and then you know the 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 van johnson bred dog uh, that darby give me um yeah we'll see what he does um he drives me crazy in the kennel you know we y'all heard me talk about that um, he doesn't shut down. He's wide open. He barks nonstop, which is a big pet peeve of mine. And, you know, we can get all into the training part of it. You know, we'll put a bark collar on him, do this, do that. 
if you put a bark collar on him, it sends him into red. It just makes it worse. Um, and I don't know if any of you guys have had that happen, but sometimes that, that stimulation can overstimulate a dog, which makes it worse. So I've had to go away from that and try a different method. So I'm actually working on that. I, I just put, um, I've got the Tritronics or whatever it is, Garmin now, the 550 Pro. And I put it on him, and when he gets, the problem is when I'm not at home, I can't be consistent with it. When I'm at home, he knows. So, you know, just it just takes a, a, a slight, just a very slight nick, boom, and it's done. But then again, 30, 45 minutes later, an hour, he's back doing it again. So it's a constant battle with him. I do not like that. I do not like that. You know, it's kind of like he doesn't learn, mm. and it drives me batty. Sometimes that, <clears throat> for what we, the power we want out of our dogs, because mm-hmm. we, we don't want to, we don't want average anymore. So we want better than average. And an old trainer once told me, the the best brood mares come from high stepping fillies. So you know, if you don't got the power to start with, you ain't gonna, you know, you, it ain't gonna work. So yep. you have to put up sometimes with stuff. So I think all of us have had dogs that try our patience, uh, but they're so valuable to us that we overlook some of the things that they do. Um, you know, when we go back to the ring dog that I used to have, like. He, he wasn't a problem in the pen, so that wasn't an issue. But the stuff that he done in the woods, just absolutely, the first two or three years of his life would make most men Yeah, I don't think quit. he would have kept them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we all we all deal with that and battle that. Um, we've got some dogs that's just just like the, the pups. Um, spook, spook's easy. Kate's, Kate barks more at the house than she does in the woods. And then the two pups out of him, um, very well-mannered. Don't hear a lot out of feeding time. Um, Which is normal. Yeah. And, I mean, they're easy going. They're very easy going. Now, Trip and um, DJ are not. Like, they're completely different. Wired. I mean, they're wired. Completely wired. So, is your black dogs like that? Two of them are. And two of them, and the other two are total, like, mushes. Like, you wouldn't even think they're bear dogs. You'd say, are you kidding me? They will crawl up on your lap. Uh. But they are for real and the other two are the totally opposite um they're wound for sound they're noisy in the kennel Mm. and they never stop moving yeah so it is a bit aggravating but if you want to sail with big ships you got to stand in deep water (laughs) i guess that's true and i mean i think too you know once you get them hunted down and get them Mm -hmm. you know get them i noticed trip last year uh I, once I got him hunted down and was hunting him pretty regularly, I didn't have those issues. Now, mm. the other dog will find out because this, he's just now starting. Like I said, he's just now getting out, and we'll see if that wears on him and, and calms him down a little bit. Um, yeah, once I, them puppies get learned that they got a job and they like it, yeah. I think it changes a lot. They're just not bored in the kennel anymore. Yeah. As long as you can keep them you yeah. know, somewhat active. Yeah. But, you know, we was talking – was I think it was last night at supper, and you know you we were referencing some of the dogs that we had had in the past, and you know you were asking how the dogs that I'm hunting now compare to the dogs that I hunted, and we'll just go back 15 years. Well, 10, yeah, 15, not even 15 years, because I had Bell and Ring, and yeah, you, you had the lottery. 
that you know you said something to me that i guess maybe i just didn't look at it from the outside i mean that's what i had that's what i hunted and i didn't really think about it in a you know like what you said to me last night the quality of dogs that they were um and you had them all at one time yeah i mean that they they were dogs that individually they could catch bear on their own consistently and when you put the four or five of them together they were forced to be reckoned with they were tough <laughs> and you know i that's my goal i i think i said that way back on a podcast is to get back to that pack it may not be those dogs but i want i want right. i want that pack i want that i want four or five dogs that can tree bear on their own mm-hmm. that's what i want i mean to me that's the end goal and but that's, that's a tough order yeah um, and I guess, you know, I have some of the dogs I'd bought, some of them were gift to me. Um, some of them, I, I maybe got, uh, Smokey. I got him as a puppy. Um, Glenn to give him, or I bought, I don't even remember. Um, I got him. In fact, I had his brother and his brother died for some reason. And Glenn ended up giving me another one. Um, so I had him, but I didn't, I mean, I, I didn't have a bunch of money. I just had, that's what I hunted. None of us had any money. Yeah, I mean, that's what I hunted. I just hunted them. I mean, I my, that Abby dog you gave to me in yeah. the beginning when we first started hunting, and she ended up being probably one of my top dogs I ever owned mm-hmm. up until today. I mean, you know, up yeah. in, right till today. Yeah. I wish yeah. I had her right now. Yeah, she was a, 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 a she was a pup out of ring. Yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, I you know, I don't know, because you and I talked about it. Was it because I hunted all the time? And I did. I mean, I hunted a lot harder than I do now. I just hunt a little smarter now. Mm-hmm. I hunted a lot harder. Back to that 15 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was nonstop. I always had the dogs in the woods. Uh, but I'd, I'd done a lot of cross hunting, too. You know, if mm-hmm. I wasn't coon hunting or bear hunting, I was I was out running coons with them. But you still got to have a, that caliber of dogs. I don't. You can spend all day with a knucklehead, and at the end of the day, it's going to be a knucklehead. Yeah. So you got, it, I know you did hunt hard, but I still think it comes down to what your genetics are. Yeah. So back to the conversation, you know, how do the dogs compare now? You know, and this is what my answer to, to Bob was, is we have three times the amount of bear that we have mm-hmm. had back then. Um, ring, and I had some good dogs. I don't want to leave my old Frosty dog out because yeah. Frosty was my my start um he taught me more about bear hunting than any other hound that i've owned um so he taught me as much as i i he taught me i didn't teach him um he was a one of a kind but i catch more bear now you know that's a fact um do the dogs get down and trail and do some of the things that those dogs did I don't think so. No. Are they as gamey? Yes. Um, do they stick a bear as long? Yes, I would say that. But it's just a different style a of dog. dog. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not... Is it, you suppose, from, say, two, like, from the hounds leaving the old meat and potato coon hunting guys and the, the, the you know, the the more... Breeders are going more to competition hunting. Changed a lot. It, it, all breeds. I'm not going to say one breed, but you know a lot of the breeds. Well, I was going to say, is it is it something that we is it our training? 
Is it our environment with the population, or is it the breeding, or is it a combination Probably. of all? I think maybe I agree with all, but I do think the breeding has changed. I mean, there's less people mm-hmm. with towns than it was when we were kids or teenagers. Yeah. Which so that means, you know, there's a lot of like there's a lot of old timers that lived on a farm in Vermont and Hollow or New, was Virginia or New York or wherever that had good dogs, but they no one never knew about them. They're mm-hmm. not famous because you're not an American Cooner. Right. And I think that's where a lot of our good dogs come from, you know, like Lance, mm-hmm. right? Those guys were so valuable to... Yeah. And if you look at it, I mean, I was just sitting there thinking about the competition side of it. You know, when I was running the competition circuit, of course, PKC was just coming on scene. Yeah, that was... Um, it was more UKC. And, I mean, we were hunting, you know, 50 dogs a weekend. Like, several of the hunt clubs around us have shut down. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't even have enough interest to even have them. So, what you're saying, I think, has some validity to it that there's not as many hunters. Um, you know, you and I, again, had this conversation last night about, you know, I let some of my blood get away from me. Well, that's just, just, just because life. of Yeah, life circum- circumstances and situation. You know, I let some a couple dogs go because of what was going on in my life. Um, what was going on in my life that looking back at it now, it hurt me. Like it really hurt. It's it. I mean, I'm rebuilding from 2010. It's 2022. I'm rebuilding. I'm still trying to catch up set 12 years later and it hurts. I mean, it, 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 it put me out of the rings and the frosties and the, the Smokies and Sam's, because that was all the same blood. Right. Um, you know, Bell, just just like the Cameron blood that we had. You know, I had bought a couple dogs off Dale. Um, I got a, one of my dogs, Clyde, from up in El- Elkins, West Virginia, off Ricky. And even when they passed, I tried, you and me both, mm-hmm. tried several yeah. more Cameron bred dogs, and they were nothing. Not even close. To what we had no. at that point. No, the actions, the looks, the temper, none of it was the same. It's just, I think I might have said this to you before. I'm, there was a fellow I know in, in a, who was a pretty heavy-duty uh, piece to hunt or trial English pointers. And he had some really good dogs mm. back, say, for the time. Mm-hmm. You know, he could compete with anybody. And he said, one day I woke up and it was gone. Mm. I'd, my best dogs and I was breeding, you know, because we don't understand sometimes we're not enough we don't know enough about you know genealogy or whatever to understand how to breed dogs we think this dog and that dog he goes and you wake up one day seven litters later and it's gone and how do i get it back it's too late yeah or does it just run out well and that's why we have people like bart on here helping us make good decisions and just like he says sometimes you think you've got two rock stars and you end up with nothing and that's exactly what you're saying. I mean, that happens. And like I said, I've let a really good bloodline kind of slip through. I still have two of those dogs. Our buddy Ben up in New York has a, yep. a granddaughter. Um, but it seems like those crosses that we've tried to make here lately with that line are not clicking on all cylinders. A bunch of years ago, I tried breeding a couple dogs back because I liked I liked different things about different dogs, but they weren't the same. Mm-hmm. And then when I bred them, it was just a disaster because they got both 
they they, they inherited the worst of both. Uh. And when I went to a fella that I, who was pretty, you know, knows what he's doing in the breeding world, and he said, it's like this, Bob. If Marilyn Monroe went up to Albert Einstein and said, Albert, we should get married and have children. And Albert says, for whatever reason, for. And she goes, because if they got your brains and my looks, they'll be unstoppable. He goes, yeah, but what if they got my looks and your brains? And that's exactly <laughs> what my welcome box was full of. Yeah. I, we've had, we've all, if you've bred dogs, you've had those. I mean, there's, there's no question it's about it. It's disappointing. It's heartbreaking. Yep. So, you know, I'm trying to make better decisions for, for what I, I know what I want. I know, yeah. you know, I know what those dogs were back then. Um, and like I said, I can't say that I don't have those dogs and I can't answer that question f- fully because the environment, like I said, there's more bear. We're catching more bear. We're, like I said, they still have the same, they, they still stick. They still do the things that, um, those dogs did, um, are they doing it as good? I don't know. I don't have rings sitting here comparing. I don't have it. I don't have that comparison. Well, if you if you're if you're more successful at a higher rate or higher level, so that means you're some of them old when we didn't have as many bears. That dogs had to work a lot harder to get mm-hmm. what we to find and to get it yeah. going. Yep. Where here it's you see here it really doesn't that much mm-hmm. of a difficulty once you know what where they are. Right. You know, in them days, we had to go looking for them, and the dogs had to grub them out, yep. you know. You took a track as it came. Right. And I don't you, want no medium to hot nose dog. I needed a dog that could run an old track, could run a good track, and run a hot, hot track. I needed it all. But think of the guys today, and I'm not, no disrespect to anybody, but a lot of guys don't want to, they don't, like, we think we want them dogs that don't come home, that stay out until they get treed. Mm-hmm. But the average guy wants to get home and have supper. Yeah. And you don't want to climb that mountain because he ain't giving up. So I don't. I think along the way they quit breeding some of that mm-hmm. and made it a little bit more easier, hotter nosed dogs. So maybe not intentionally, but psycho, you know, subconsciously they. Well, I don't want that dog because he don't come home. Right. Like like Sam, as good a dog Green. as he was, you <laughs> had to go get him. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and I mean the nights that we that I spent I spent chasing Ring. I mean, just would not stop. But like, that's what we didn't, you want. We didn't, we didn't have the. You know, we still have the old, you know, I used the quick track telemetry. I mean, I didn't even to, have that in the beginning. I didn't have a shock and collar. I had to borrow one. Yeah. Like, I didn't have it, you know. So, you either cut them off or picked them up when they got finished. And you wore out your boots. They didn't get finished very quick, did they? No. <laughs> there was a lot of lumps, but too. I think you, I think what you're saying has a lot of, again, a truth to it. You know, we do want to be home at dark, you know. Things have changed. You yeah, know, we're, I don't, a, we're a whole lot older too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. And the GPSs have made hunting. I don't. I mean, it's just changed the dynamics of it completely. We talked about that this morning. Yes. You know? How many times had we walked through that patch to go get dogs when, in reality, we could have just drove five miles around and they was right there. Right. You know, we we just walked because that's what we didn't know. <laughs> and you know, and come the next day. Dogs get you can't find them this today, mm-hmm. you know you find and luck where I am I don't got to worry about roads, mm-hmm. but you still ain't getting them because you didn't no you have no idea you went left and the dogs went right and you mm-hmm. went over the other side of the mountain and the other side of the mountain. Yeah, yeah. No, I think there's a lot to that, but here's my goal. I'll, I'm gonna set my goals out for what I want for the end of the year. Is I want one of those four younger dogs to pick up and start. Um, 
tell you, I was disappointed today. I felt like that one of those younger dogs should have have come, which Trip did. Trip went through behind Spook, mm-hmm. but he was way thirty, forty minutes behind. But they was hung up somewhere. So. Yeah, they got they got stalled out. Some something happened, and he did come through. Um, but I want I want a dog that I can start depending on, or showing that I can depend on them as much as I do Spook and Kate, because they're going to be four after the first of the year, and you know. I, I need something or I need to know that, hey, I've got this coming on. You know, I've got this coming on. And I've got some prospects, but I can't tell you that I'm jumping up and down yet because they're, they haven't caught it on – they haven't caught game on their own yet. And they're they're just – I mean, I think it's going to happen, but they're not there yet. So that's my expectations between now and December. I would like to see a couple of these young dogs start filtering off and either getting treed um, on their own or start mm-hmm. start the stuff and start it on their own. I want to see that type of development. Um, like I said, nothing I have other than Spook and Cater over. They're all under two years old. Um, so yeah, I'm, that's kind of my expectations. If it doesn't happen, I'm just going to have to after bear season in December. I'm going to have to reevaluate mm-hmm. and see what happens. And um, I kind of feel like. I kind of feel lost because I lost Jack last year to the, my blue dog. Um, and even though he was not a rock star, he was solid. He was where he's supposed to be. He'd done what he was supposed to be doing. And they did it every time. Yeah, he was consistent. <laughs> um, and now that he's gone, and of course he was seven, now that he's gone, I'm, I'm in a little bit of limbo. So. The problem is, after how many years you've been doing this? Uh, you're pretty near your tw- life. 27? Yeah. Your bar's been raised so high, <laughs> on, on, you know, that it's very difficult to achieve what we, even though you had a high bar, the problem is you started with a high bar and didn't know it. Yeah. Now where do you go with it? You yeah. Know? Yeah, I'm definitely way below that bar. Like I said, I'm catching game and I'm catching, I'm catching a lot. Uh, I'm catching enough to keep me happy. Yeah. Uh, I may not be catching as much as some of the guys, but I, I keep, I catch enough. Um, I'm definitely not greedy and I know the dogs are going to make mistakes and we're not going to catch them every day. And then some, some weeks we had really good weeks and we tree, tree a lot of bear, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully these young dogs will come on and, you know, we're, we're going to kind of go through and update you guys as the season progresses, you know, maybe, maybe mid training season, we'll, you know, we'll do another one, um, with some guys back home that I hunt with, and then maybe by the end of our our season, our our training season, we'll give you an update, and then December rolls around, and I know that we're going to be doing it again. So um, that's kind of my that's where I'm at. And so, Bob, what do you want? So how long how much longer do you have to hunt? September. Well, yeah, they cut, we got an early September season, so that that kind of chopped a big chunk out of my training season so i have to stop 10 days prior to any opener so pretty much by beginning of september i have to stop baiting and shut down by when by mid-september september yeah yeah so yeah well um i hope everyone has a great sea training season um, I know I've got several friends that are going to head up to Maine mm-hmm. in September. Uh, one of my good friends on the coast, uh, he'll be up for three weeks up there hunting, and 
uh, doing some work. Up, in fact, he's up there right now, actually checking out some properties and doing this and doing that. And you know, I hope to get down to the coast in October and hunt hunt a couple of days. If I can't hunt two or three, three four days, or whatever, just kind of keep the dogs busy up until deer season comes in for us, and then. You know, November's kind of shut down because of the deer deer season, and we don't, we don't want to have our dogs out and get them lost for sure. But, um, yeah, so that's kind of where we're at. And I just wanted to give everybody kind of a – just doing a season kickoff, you know. That's kind of what, what we're doing here, just, just getting the bear season rolling. Sorry, cat guys. Stretch your legs. Get them dogs out. <laughs> I don't have any, uh, any wisdom or I don't know enough about what y'all do and when your seasons are out west, so – Sorry if I disappoint, but yeah, so this is where we're at. Um, we're going to finish up tomorrow, and then we're going to head Maddie come up with me. She's my she's my dog handler. So we're going to head back south, and then our season rolls around Monday. Hope to be in the woods Monday and Tuesday, and then I'm going to hunt every day that I'm off, and I've taken a couple days off. I take more days off in September because it's cooler. Mm-hmm. Right now, it's just miserable yeah, it's at okay. the house. Um, so, anyway, that's where we're at. But Bob, I appreciate you having us up as always. My I pleasure. Mean, you know, you know it. we we love to come up and, and spend time with y'all and and hunt. And you know, it's so good for my young dogs just to be able to get on. Just like today, I mean, they opened two times going in the woods. Um, you know, just being able to, to get them on bear, know that's what they're doing. You know, putting them on bear and putting them on bear and putting them on bear. I, don't, I know they're not running deer and coyotes mm-hmm. and everything else. So, But anyway, we'll end the session. Um, guys, hope you enjoy your season. We'll give you an update. And always be teach, training, and learning. 